It's a fun Friday here on the Locked On Boston Ruins podcast, and I'm answering some listener mailbag questions about how things are playing out in training camp, some fantasy breakout players, some guys who might or might not make the team, and a whole lot more. So let's get into it on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, September 30th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day. Every day, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so please do smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, I mentioned it is September 30th. Up here in Canada, it's the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Each year, uh, we honor the children who never return home and survivors of residential schools, as well as their families and communities. Uh, public commemoration of the tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools is a vital component of the reconciliation process. If you're not familiar with residential schools, it's where, you know, native sons and daughters were sent, taken from their families, from indigenous communities, and, uh, you know, some horrible things happened there. As it pertains to hockey, I cannot recommend enough that you check out uh, the book written by Fred Sasakamoose, one of the first Canadian Indigenous players in the NHL. And he went through the residential school system. To make it to the NHL from that background is just remarkable and uh, you need to check out his story Uh, check out podcasts by Connie Walker from the CBC uh, and on Spotify just to get more familiar with uh, with this story and uh, yeah I wanted to start with that here on today's podcast now I put out a call for some mailbag questions and as always Fans responded. I wanted to give a shout out to David at Davy Upper, who said, I have no questions for you, but what I can do is remind you to get out for those hikes. I was on it this morning. Like I said, I have the day off from my day job. So I dropped a kid off at school, went and had a coffee at my favorite uh, cafe, downtown Guelph. I read for a bit, journaled a bit, and then went and checked out a new trail. 
uh, that cuts through town uh, behind a golf club, and it was a very nice trail as well. So thank you for that reminder, my good man. First question came in from Daryl Ingram, at Ingram, Daryl31. They asked one more, oh, sorry. He said, hey, Ian, love the pod, everyday listener. Very much appreciated, Daryl. Thank you so much for that. My question is, who's more likely to be put on waivers, Connor Clifton, Jackson Nika, AJ Greer, or Oscar Steen? And that's the question right now with respect to Boston Bruins training camp. There's definitely a battle going on between some more established veteran players like Nick Foligno, Thomas Nosek, um, Chris Wagner having a bit of a resurgence. I put Trent Frederick in that category, even though he's still a young guy. When I look at the forward situation, there's probably eight locks. You know, you have your top line of Marshan when healthy, Bergeron, David, or, uh, Jake DeBrusque. The second line of Taylor Hall, Patrice, no, sorry, David Krejci, David Pasternak, Pavel Zaka, Craig Smith, Charlie Coyle on the third line. Um, that's when everybody's healthy. At the moment, it will be Zaka up on the first line. So you have an, like four spots there. Uh, you'd expect that probably the Oceans line would be reunited with Frederick taking the place on the left side with Coyle and Smith. But again, do you go with Stanika, Steen, Greer, Mark McLaughlin on the fourth line, or do you go with Felino, Nosik, Wagner, Steen? It's a huge question at the moment, and I can't see Stanika being put on waivers. I would expect that he would be scooped up. Uh, Steen, I would think, will be scooped up. AJ Greer might be able to sneak through. You know, he's had a good showing at training camp so far. But, as I mentioned on the podcast the other day, it's been a struggle for him to catch on in the NHL since uh, the beginning of his career, since he was drafted by the Colorado Avalanche in the second round back in 2015. Clifton, he's shown his worth, so I don't know. It, It all depends with Clifton if... Anton Strawman is given a contract and it's less likely that he'll be put on waivers because of the injuries on the blue line. They have, at the moment, eight defensemen under contract. Two of them are injured. So if you think they'll start with like 13 forwards, eight defensemen, and um, two goalies, you got to think that Clifton is one of those defensemen along with, you know, Lindholm, Carlo, Zborl, Forbort, uh, who else is healthy? Riley. Um, so you might even need to add another defenseman while those two guys were out. So all that to say, Steen, Stanika have to go through waivers. Um, Greer could go on waivers as well but uh, he might be able to sneak through more easily than those other guys. Daryl also asked, who's more likely to break out, Jack Stanika or Jacobs Borle? That's a great question, and I think 
I mean, it all depends what your definition of breakout is. If you mean become a every night player, or if you mean piling up points, I don't think you'll see Zat. Oh, sorry, Zboril piling up points per se. But I think we will see him break out as a bona fide NHL defenseman. He looked very, very good in his first outing this season in the preseason, coming off major knee surgery. And I think he will establish himself as a key member of the Boston Bruins blue line. Not as convinced about Stanika, just based on what I mentioned before, all the competition for a forward spot and some uncertainty about whether or not he's going to have a clear role with the Bruins this season. Before I get to some other questions, a quick word about betonline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. BetOnline remains your continued source for all sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events like MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Answering some mailbag questions here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. And Dan is no Jedi at bland underscore dull underscore don't. Asked, anyone surprising you think will have a breakout this season? Similar to the question that I just answered about um, Zboril and Stanika. I don't know if it's going to be surprising per se, but I do think... Pavel Zaka is in line for a breakout with the Boston Bruins this season. For starters, he's going to be given a plum line assignment to begin the season, playing with Patrice Bergeron and Jake DeBrusque. He's going to get some of those, the majority of minutes left open by Brad Marchand's absence. He's going to get some time on the power play. So I think there's an opportunity for him to come out strong to begin the season. Whether he can sustain or whether he can hit a level of production that would put him on pace to eclipse his career-high 36 points that he achieved last season, uh, 17 goals two seasons ago in 50 games. Uh, That was his best point-per-game season uh, in New Jersey, 35 goal points in 50 games. Uh, whether he can sustain that kind of production on a third-line role remains to be seen. But again, he will have an opportunity. Um, the third line will be counted on to supply some secondary scoring. And is a contract year for Zaka as well. He only uh, signed a one-year contract looking to prove his worth as a member of the Boston Bruins, as a, you know, top six forward in the NHL. And I think he's going to have a nice little breakout season. I don't know if you can describe it as a breakout for a, a veteran guy, but I think we could see Nick Foligno 
reach another level this season. You know, he only scored two goals. I think I saw Jim Montgomery is hoping to get maybe 10 goals out of him. That would be uh, a nice little breakout, and 10 goals from a fourth liner would be fantastic. Uh, J at Jason underscore B77 asks, is it worth taking a flyer on either Marchand or McAvoy with a fantasy pick? In other words, do you feel they have a decent point-per-game impact when they return, or are these injuries too severe? Marchand's does worry me. He did take Marchand in a mock draft uh, with the final pick. I have both of those guys on different fantasy teams, and... I probably, yeah, do have a bit more concern about Marchand than McAvoy just because of the nature of his injuries. Double hip surgery. Um, expecting him to hit the ground running, to have his legs under those repaired hips, and, um, yeah, putting up those big numbers. It could be a tall task. Thankfully, he'll be playing with Bergeron, DeBrusque, etc. to help uh, get him back to that level. I do think it's obviously worth using a pick on Marchand. You can stash him on your IR, pick up somebody else in the meantime, and then get that early to mid-season boost from one of the best wingers in the NHL. Same with McAvoy. Uh, I'm putting him on my IR, and I can pick someone up in the meantime, activate him when he's back, and expect um, a pretty amazing production out of a guy like Charlie McAvoy. Friend of the program at Hellhammer, 9999. Gave me, uh, it's a it's a family-friendly show here on Locked On Boston Bruins, so I can't say the exact words, but F. Mary Kill Bruins edition. Patrice, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak. I think you marry Patrice Bergeron. He's a saint. You know that he's going to treat you right and be a great father as well. F, ooh, that's a tough one. I'm not very good at these kind of games. I don't want to kill either of them. I don't want to do that with either of them either. So perhaps it'll be a, a brother-wives situation, and I just marry all three of them. Finally, Scott Kilby at Scott Kilby asks, over under 29.5 games played for each of Stadnika, Steen, Felino. Zborl, Riley. Going back to the earlier question about the young guys versus the established vets, I do think they will err on the side of the veterans to begin the season at least. Out of a sense of loyalty, commitment, wanting to honor their desire to play for the Bruins, but at the same time, you can't necessarily count on night in and night out production from some of these more unproven guys. Do you go with unproven or do you go with guys who are on the downside? That's a that's a tough 
tough question, and I don't envy Jim Montgomery or Don Sweeney for having to make that call. Um, so Felino, I can see going higher than that. Zborl, I can see going higher than 29.5. Riley, yes, as well. Will it be with the Bruins? That is a question. Uh, Stanika, Steen. I'm going to go with the under uh, because I really do think Trent Frederick is going to get the benefit of the doubt and be put on the third line. To begin the season, at least, I could see Nosek with Felino and Steen. Stanika either being the extra forward or... Uh, sent back down, put on waivers. Ah, this is a tough one because I could see it going over for all of these guys. Um, but there's injuries with Felino. There's uncertainty with Stanika and Steen. So I'm going to give the under to the young guys over to Felino and hope. I don't know if I hope that I'm wrong, but we'll see where things land uh, after that. I want to thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day. On Monday, we'll be back to recap uh, this weekend's preseason action and bring you all the latest on the Boston Bruins. Don't forget to check out the Locked On NHL podcast. Next, Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute update on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. I wanted to quickly touch on a uh, report from TSN in regards to the latest on David Posternak uh, up on TSN here. Um Pierre Lebrun, Darren Dreger, they have a weekly uh, insider trading segment where they bring the latest on, you know, rumors, reports around the league. Darren Dreger said Thursday, both sides are assessing the market right now, which is fair. You've had a bunch of guys sign eight-year contracts over the summer. Uh, You have some huge deals, Nathan McKinnon. You have, you know, Jonathan Huberto. Matthew Kachuk signing. Where does Pasternak fit in this landscape? Drager added, I can tell you contract discussions have heated up since camp has opened. Things were relatively quiet over the course of the summer, which is not unusual. There were some preliminary discussions at the draft. Pasternak understands, and he's clearly hopeful that something will get done sooner than later. But, and here's... The kicker, the Bruins continue to do their due diligence. Now, what exactly does that mean? We all know Pasternak is a high-end talent. 40 goals in 72 games last season. He's in the prime of his career. Um, Matthew Kachuk signed an 8-year, $9.5 million per season deal with the Florida Panthers. Seems like a decent comparable, although Matthew Kachuk is a bit younger. Um, would be 
equal to Charlie McAvoy's deal? Does Pasta want to be the highest paid player on the team? Does he want to be one of the highest paid players in the league? Um, it seems like he's intent on signing and whether or not the Bruins are coming in too low or are just trying to decide if he's a max player or if he doesn't bring a complete game to the table that would require that. You just count on the goals, which is silly. He is a very well-rounded player. Um, in my mind, just, you know, let's go eight years, $80 million, call it a day, highest-paid player, double digits uh, in terms of millions per season, and uh, let's get it done. Hopefully, there's something here done before the start of the regular season. You know, it was um, just before the regular season last year that Charlie McAvoy signed his extension, so hopefully something similar happens. I remember being in Ottawa, uh, popped up a video from uh, the Museum of Science, which is fun. Anyways, that's it for today's episode, friends. Thank you so much for sending in those mailbag questions. Always appreciate it, and always appreciate interacting with you all. Have a great weekend. Please do take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Learn something today about indigenous people in Canada, wherever you live in the States. Uh, there's no shortage of stories to be told and learned from uh, so that we can move forward here and create a better world for uh, everybody who lives in it. That's my cheesy sign-off today. Thanks so much again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day, and we'll talk to you again on Monday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.